Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, guys, to episode six of the Future Money Show. We got a good run for you today, as always. Just want to say thank you for everyone for their continued support. Thank you for your engagement. Uh, gives us confidence to continue to do what we're doing. So today we're going to talk about Bitcoin in Kazakhstan. Um, that one's actually pretty interesting, so make sure you stay tuned for that. We talk about the $2.2 million worth of NFTs stolen and how OpenSea got gridlocked because of it. Uh, we cover Warren Buffett. We talk about is crypto centralized or decentralized? I mean, you gather your own opinion there. And then we talk about the elephant in the room known as C19. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you. And we always end it with some good advice as well. This is the Future Money Show. All right, guys. So just going to dive into it today. Um, and I think it's a good time because the market is not looking good at the moment. We're talking about the crypto market. So we received a comment uh, <laughs> yesterday or today, actually, saying that we don't know what we're talking about. Yes, we are not financial advisors and we don't give financial advice. But the clip, the very clip he commented on saying that we don't know anything, I said that prices were going to go down and crypto is subject to a crash. And lo and behold, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> the Bitcoin failure greed index is at the lowest it's been in months. Uh, in my personal opinion, it looks like we're going to go back and test, um, retest. I'm hoping that we're able to hold above 40,000, 41,000. If not, then, I mean, you have to go back and test 38, which I really don't want to do because that's going to, you know, make life tough for everyone in the market. What I did see, which was interesting, where shorts were at an all-time low uh, yesterday, or sorry, day before yesterday, people started to short the market yesterday. So usually, you know, when the general sentiment is, is to take out shorts, then that's when a reversal will come in and it looks like it might be holding uh i guess we'll see when the weekly close comes in and where it closes at so short term i'm bearish long term i'm bullish one thing i will say is when people are trying to understand movements in the market what you need to understand is movements in the charts will happen before the news narrative comes out to support the activity that went on in the charts the News that came out to support Bitcoin's drop is the uh, Kazakhstan news. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really know much about Kazakhstan until, uh, like, besides Borat. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a classic. It is. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Great Shout out movie. Borat. Don't watch it with your kids, though. Like, <laughs> don't watch it around kids. But, um, yeah, so that was, to be honest, the only thing I ever heard about Kazakhstan. But I learned that they are actually responsible for 18% of Bitcoin's hash rate. Now, Kazakhstan shut down the internet because of the protests over gas prices that are currently happening in the region. So Russia has gone to help. U.S. has gone to help. But, I mean, when you really think about it, it's a fifth of Bitcoin's globing, a global mining network that went offline or went down. So That's, it went down. What happened to Bitcoin's price? Did it drop a lot? I know everything's oh, been dropping right now. So Bitcoin's price was, you know, chilling around 46, 45. 
thousand, and then you just had that big dive down one fat red candle. Right, from, yeah, in that last week, it's gone down ten percent. Yeah, it consolidated just literally just a little bit around forty three thousand, and now it's sitting at forty one six right now at the moment. I really think there is a strong possibility that we can go and revisit thirties. But I'm hoping that we can hold this forty-one thousand. That would be that would be nice. Yeah, you know what's funny um, is I I feel like the guy who commented on our video. I feel like that's a perfect example of what we were talking about in those in one of the last podcasts where I was saying that people who are new in crypto see these big dips, right? Like a twenty percent dip, and they're like oh, holy shit, it's a 20% dip. Like it's buying opportunity. It's it's going to go up because they're not used to seeing, you know, corrections like 70%, right? So he's like, when we released that that video saying crypto could crash, the market was already crashing. So he was oh, like, yeah. what are you talking about? It's going to crash. It's already crashing. Now you should be buying. It's going to go up. You don't know what you're talking about. And then lo and behold, a week later, it's down 20% more, you know? So I think that's just a very, it's a good example of people don't understand like the crazy volatility of the crypto markets. No, exactly. And I mean, for people that like do do research, which I'm sure a lot of our viewers and I shout out to everyone that's been checking out the shorts. We really appreciate the support. Yeah. Uh, you guys have given us some smiles. I mean, we've had some <laughs> bad comments, but, <laughs> but it's all a part of it. Yeah. So for example, Bitcoin's high was, posted sometime in november in 2021 and bitcoin is notoriously known subject to a 50 percent attack 50 to 70 what does and that mean? so it means that the price is due to retrace 50 to 70 percent okay so when it's when crashing you say 50 to 70 percent attack it means like whatever price bitcoin's at it, the the risk of it crashing is 50 to 70 percent about that okay so Bitcoin does have crashes within the bear market. Like, I mean, I have charted it. I could show it to you guys. If you guys want, just comment below. I'll drop that in for you. Um, but okay, so we're talking from the 10th of November. Around that time is when the high was set. Uh, and we're 41% down from the high right now. So we're almost to that 50% retracement. Oh, that's interesting. Now, now, I am a bear on Bitcoin. I've made that known to Paul many, many times. Um, and to you guys, our viewers, uh, I believe when Bitcoin rallies back in this retrace that we'll see our altcoins start to go. But like I said, I'm a bear on Bitcoin. I don't think it's going to reach 100,000 this cycle. I Again, I will be happy to be wrong. Like, hear me. I will be happy to be wrong. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I use the Bitcoin fair and greed index and the crypto fair and greed index because it's a really good indicator as to what the sentiment is in the market. And like I've said previously, I tend to op do the opposite. So I guess the saying is buy when there's blood on the streets. Now, I'm not talking a 20% retracement or a 30% retracement. Like personally, I go for retracements that are 50% or more. Uh, I'm not buying Bitcoin, to be honest. In order for me to buy Bitcoin, I would have to see it go back and test uh, the breakout from 20,000 and fill that gap. That's probably when I would <laughs> buy it. But it would have to like shoot all the way down there in order for me to see that. So, I mean, personally... Man, I, I, that would be crazy if that happens. If it went if, back down and tested 20K, yeah, that would be crazy. 
if it went back down there and tested 20k i would say that we're going to be in a prolonged um bull market and that we're going to have a super cycle that's what that that's what would have to happen for it to be my belief but because we haven't just shot straight down there we've been slowly bleeding down super cycle downwards. that sounds yeah, like that's a cool word what do you what, what do you mean by that so a super cycle because bitcoin is taking so long to to basically finish out its run so super cycle meaning that you think bitcoin is going to have one more big target to set one more all-time high to set i'm of the belief personally that 68k 69k was our top for bitcoin for this cycle that's what i believe now mm-hmm. right but a super cycle would be in that okay it's consolidating right now ranging right now going back to uh, test um previous highs and then our previous support and resistances but then it's going to go up and set one more um one more all-time high which would take you around if you actually chart it it would take you around 90 to 120,000 okay what, but what if do you that think? happens that'll make your sorry not to cut you off but if that happens that will make your alts go insane so that that 10x that you might think you might get will be a 20x if sometimes a 30x in that specific coin because of the of the super cycle huh. what do you think the 10 years 10 years down the line where, where's bitcoin and where's ethereum do you think ethereum's think, gone no i think or, ether think? ether Ether will be a 20k coin, in my opinion, in, in 10 years. 10 year tops. Bitcoin will, to be honest, probably be you're talking about two halvings and then another uh, and then half of a halving. So uh Bitcoin will probably be I I'd probably say in, in six figures. I don't maybe maybe low six figures, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. Only two hundred thousand, really, ten years from maybe. Now. Maybe could could be half a million, but the thing is, it's a store of value. It's not no. There's not really any utility behind Bitcoin. All you maxis, drop them in the comments. Come at me. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no Bitcoin's failed with all the times they've tried to add utility to it. You know, like the Lightning Network and everything they've tried to do. It's just, it's you're right. It's just a store of value. You know the thing about Bitcoin that makes me really upset, and I'm not hating on Bitcoin. It sounds like I am. I. I love it because it's really good for branding of the space. Like people that don't know about crypto, they know about Bitcoin though. I mean, now it looks like NFTs have started to take over for branding sakes of of crypto. But um, when it comes to Bitcoin, if you say Bitcoin, they think of the whole entire cryptocurrency space as Bitcoin. Now, one of the things I don't like about Bitcoin is every single country is pushing uh climate change and they're pushing green and clean energy now bitcoin uses crazy amounts of energy like uh to do a bitcoin transaction takes up basically think of like if you're living in an apartment your monthly worth of electricity is what a bitcoin transaction takes that's ridiculous (laughs) do you know how many are done each day no i'm not 100 percent sure See, maxis are going to come at me now and they're going to be like, but you don't even know how many transactions it takes a day. It's okay. I love you. So it says, nowadays, it's difficult to, to imagine a time when the Bitcoin network processes less than 200,000 transactions a day. So 200,000 homes. <laughs> That's what you're saying. I'm worth of electricity every single day to my Bitcoin. Much. 
pretty much. I mean, they're trying to switch to something more, like, more sustainable, which is, I mean, obviously good. But it's not that bad. I feel like that's not that bad. 200,000 homes. I guess it's every day. Okay, but look at it compared to any other crypto. Like, we talked about HBAR last podcast. That's, like, nothing. Like, literally. Yeah, like, if you didn't have to do it, then why not? Exactly. And Ethereum is, like, a fraction of Bitcoin's energy. Like, it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. I think I looked it up. I think Bitcoin is, like, 2% 2% or something of the world's electricity or 1%. That's bad. Like that. <laughs> That's bad. For, <laughs> for the fact that only 4% of people in the world know about crypto and it already takes up that much energy. That's, that's true. That's, if pre- we came, that's like, pretty bad. Yeah, you're right. Well, the thing about it is, right? And I guess it's like, you kind of go like in between. It's kind of tough because you have to draw a line in the sand because you have like, the people that are for Bitcoin, obviously, and I'm not against it because it brings more money into the cryptocurrency space. So don't take me for what I'm saying that I'm, I'm completely against it because it has its benefits to the crypto space. But the energy issue is a huge one. And I noticed that a lot of places use Bitcoin to grab the attention of people. Like they say, oh, we're going to integrate Bitcoin here. We're going to bring Bitcoin here. We're going to do this. But Congress is literally setting to have a meeting about how much energy Bitcoin uses. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Congress is what makes the decisions of the country you live in. Like they vote on these decisions. So if they're having a problem with it, then I mean, you kind of can put two and two together. What do you know what this, the atmosphere of this meeting is supposed to be? Is it supposed to be like, a meeting on Bitcoin energy usage in the sense that like, how are we going to fix this? Or is it going to be, should we abandon Bitcoin <laughs> or are they just trying to understand the Bitcoin? Cause they probably don't understand it anyways. Do it's know? probably, it's probably a mixture of all three. If I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest, because all right, if I were Congress for me, and I'm pretty sure like, cause there are people in Congress that ask these questions I'm pretty sure there's going to be members that are going to ask about a more sustainable currency that they could use because yeah. one, you don't know who's behind Bitcoin. I mean, we all know Satoshi, but like, you don't, you don't know who it is, yeah. but I can go for Hedera who, you know, exactly who's behind it. I can go for Quant who, you know, exactly who's behind it. Even Ethereum, you know, exactly who's behind it. These things that you can actually like bring into into play and i saw the nasdaq actually said that the iso coins that i that i've been talking about uh this year will be a good year for them because the banking and payment system are starting to adopt these adopt these cryptos into the into the new railway of the new financial system no when you say not, ISO uh, coins? what do you mean by iso coins so iso stands for the international organization for standardization sorry if i butchered that but basically, these coins or assets that are going to be integrated into the system are going to beef up the current system we have right now. It makes everything more interoperable. And I mean, we're in the digital age, so it's time for a facelift. Yeah, I feel like we're so close. Like I can see all these new innovations and utilities that crypto are going to provide in the future, especially in the DeFi industry like that. I feel like when I first got into crypto and first started learning about it, I it was right when DeFi was getting really big. And DeFi seems like the biggest application of crypto, whether it be 
I, I mean, some would argue NFTs are going to be big, the biggest application of, you know, blockchain technology, but I don't know. I would say the DeFi industry is probably going to be the largest, you know, 10, 20 years down the line. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, DeFi is huge right now, but I mean, you can only speculate because there's no regulations at the moment. Yeah. And well, I, saw, I feel like I regulations saw... could only make DeFi grow bigger. Why would you say that? Because as soon as regulation shows up, right, then you have DeFi projects who, yes, prob- some of them might get, you know, destroyed because of regulation, but other ones will be able to adapt and that'll allow for mainstream adoption. Which So you're saying the ones that remain will be insane? Yeah, like for sure some will get destroyed, but overall the industry will be huge. And then when regulation comes, we'll be able to all use it, like all the applications. 100%. I mean, as, as long as like the IRS is getting paid, then I don't care. But Because yeah. <laughs> I saw that today, actually. So if you, with PayPal... Uh, I think Venmo and another payment service that offers crypto crypto. If you uh, spend or transfer more, transfer more than $600, you have to, they have to notify them. Yeah. That's like the new thing. That's so ridiculous. What do you think about Thank that? Thank God for ledger. <laughs> Thank God for ledger. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so dumb. Like what's the, what, what is the government trying to do? They're trying to like, tax the smallest transactions and target like the people who are the lowest income to tax them more and have even more uh, vision over their finances and their their numbers when they should be putting that focus somewhere else and not on the people who are making no money not paying them any taxes really because they don't make any money if you're if you're trying to look into the people's bank accounts who have transactions over six hundred dollars like that's ridiculous I mean, you just said it, didn't you? They, they want to control their vision. I mean, I'm not trying to get canceled and I'm not getting into like any conspiracies, but I mean, like, look how much control you've given up the past two years. I mean, yeah. that's just, that's just, that's just the reality. And I mean, yeah, unfortunately, the richer have, getting, have gotten richer, the poorer are going to continue to get poorer because I mean, there's not much of a middle class left. Yeah. And, it definitely is I shrinking. Mean, no, definitely. Now, crypto is amazing. Crypto is one of the best things that we've ever seen in our lives however there is a flip side to crypto that people don't often think about like everything that has a good side has a bad side it's just how life works but when you give up sorry when it comes to crypto yes it's nice and people like yourself and myself that have have gotten into it before mainstream adoption we we know about what's good to come from it because we all get distracted by price action, but it goes way deeper than that because everything you do is tracked. They have complete vision over everything you're doing. Yeah. And that that's that's the bad side of it. I mean some would argue no one, that's the good side of it. That everything you do is 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 tracked. I like privacy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I like privacy, but if I some would say, some would argue that. If everything is visible and you're not able to hide anything, then there's a lot less room for manipulation. There's a lot less room for for people hiding things, you know? I mean, that's for everyday people. But when you have the people that run the central banks and the people that 
are whales in the crypto space like i mean they they manipulate whatever they want when they want like yeah. it's like we're a game to them like if I'm being <laughs> honest, i was actually talking to my dad uh, a couple of days ago and like me and him like really got into it because it's it's facts like we are literally a drop in the bucket in comparison to the institutions and there's people that are above these institutions as well and are entities above these institutions that have even more money than them so i mean like they know what we're doing, but we don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So I guess we'll never know what they're doing. <laughs> but but I, exactly, that's the thing. So it's like you you're giving up your privacy to not get the same back in return. Yeah. So I, I'm not comfortable with that. That's true. That's a good point. Like, I, don't get me wrong. If it was an equal level playing field for everyone across the board, which is, yeah, in our minds we think that's amazing, but I mean, it's not sustainable. Like it's it's all right it's not even achievable if i'm being honest because we don't live in a perfect world so yeah it doesn't happen but no, so let's talk about let's talk about covid this is a good time to talk <laughs> about covid we're talking about getting our <laughs> getting our rights taken away <laughs> restrictions uh how uh, how many people do you know who have covid right now everybody has covid my my co-host has covid yeah i have covid right now <laughs> I feel, I feel like shit and i'm telling you i would say i don't want to exaggerate so i'm gonna say 50 percent of of like anyone i'm close to or who are around me have covid and not because of me like just because everybody has covid and i just talked to someone today who i hadn't talked to in months and they're like oh i, I have covid too like everybody has covid and this variant is so contagious. Thankfully for me, it's not very bad, but I don't, I don't know if it's just me, but something I've been noticing, not trying to, to put anything out there, but the people who are getting the sickest around me are all unvaccinated. Just are saying. all what? They're, not, they're all unvaccinated. The ones who are, but the thing is though, is people who are vaccinated around me, there have been a couple who have gotten pretty sick, but the majority haven't. But then I, I, everybody that I know who's unvaccinated, like I was thinking about today, there's not an, people who are unvaccinated that I know of that got sick and didn't get really sick. <laughs> Silence. I couldn't say anything. I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting into it. I am going to let you say what you no, got to say. I'm, I'm not making any uh, claims here. I'm just telling you what I'm observing. You know? No, of course. I mean... <laughs> get the vaccine we can if you agree, want but we can agree to disagree like i mean obviously yeah i mean everyone's entitled to their own opinion my only thing is like i mean i've always aired on the side of you know like if you get it makes sense for the unvaccinated people to go through a sickness more than someone that is vaccinated because you're taking something to help you with to stop the spread or to soften your symptoms not so much to stop the spread stop the spread or yeah. not not stop the spread sorry not so much to you know like give it to you full hand but if you're dealing with it with no additional aid meaning no vaccine then yeah it's going to hit you harder but it's going to make it a lot harder for you to catch it again yeah for sure yeah that's true yeah i mean your body's it just gonna, makes sense yeah it just makes sense if you get a vaccine you're probably it's probably not going to be as bad if you get it but i mean it just makes sense if you still if you still get it and that was the point of taking it it's like then i guess the point of taking it would be for it not to be as bad <laughs> one thing i want to say since you brought this topic up i hate you for doing this but <laughs> like guys if people have a difference of opinion of like this whole thing just live with it 
like it, it doesn't have to like destroy whatever relationship or friendship or whatever it is that you guys have going on because it's stupid to argue about it yeah like, for sure it's a good point like that like that's what makes everyone different like we all have our opinions and we all should be able to talk and have differences like and then you know go on about your day but i can't say oh i'm not going to talk to you ever again because you're vaccinated i can't say i'm not going to talk to you ever again because you're unvaccinated it's it literally like just think about that for a second it really doesn't make sense yeah no one ever talked about a vaccine and whether you had it ever before like that's another year ago but that's another thing it's like don't get me wrong if you're vaccinated cool if you're not cool again i'm not on any side of the spectrum here i'm just saying i've never seen in my life anything like this be so mainstream like i've always been under the impression that your medical history is supposed to remain as private as possible but there's so many incentives for you to take the vaccine and get vaccinated which kind of like like kind of threw me for a loop for a little while because i was like i've never seen that before and it doesn't make sense yeah that is kind of weird you're right like like oh if you if you get this then you get a chance to win this much money or you can get a donut or you can get this and that i'm like if you need to like bribe me or like incentivize me to take this thing like there's more to it like i mean that's that's just me personally like, even if you take the vaccines out of it, if Paul, if you came to me, it was like, yo, <laughs> I'm going to give you this car and, and a bunch of money. I'm going to be like, why? <laughs> like, yeah, I think that I think what happened was the vaccine itself and the science behind it is one thing. And then I just don't know how it got connected to politics. You know, like. I know how, but I'm not going to say it because this video won't even make it to the channel. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it just got connected to politics and that's why they that's all then all the incentives started coming in and it should really Everything. just you should leave it to the doctors and the scientists and you know but yeah but i mean even 100 and even if you don't want to do it then don't do it just like that's the thing though like think about this like at the end of the day if you are worried about yourself you go and take care of the things that you're worried about yourself if you're not worried about yourself then you can go on about your day it's that's yeah, literally that simple i agree like, if you're sure. worried about something, you're going to take those precautions to protect yourself and those people around you. And if someone is not of the same opinion of you, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's that straightforward. Yeah. If you disagree with me, it's okay. That's fine. Like, it's all good. So, because we've talked about banks, we talked about C19, <laughs> uh, we talked about... Well, Flurona now, don't even know what variant we're on, to be honest. Yeah, we talked about Bitcoin. Uh, Paul brought up an interesting point about Warren Buffett, and I'm going to let him share that because he found some interesting stuff. So, Paul? Yeah, it's just, uh, I just heard this, uh, I was I was reading an article and I read this, and it shocked me, and it, it put perspective into how a lot of people think that we're late. Whenever you, when they get into investing and whatever they get into, they feel like, oh, I'm late to the party. Everybody feels that way when, when you get into investing or when you miss an opportunity. You always feel like you're late on something, but you're not always late. And this story, not story, I guess this investment decision by Warren Buffett kind of exemplified that for me. So in 2018, 2018, now this is, I guess, four years ago now that we're in 2022. 
but you know, three to four years ago, uh, <laughs> Warren Buffett bought 5% of Apple, which is, is a lot. He bought a 5% stake in Apple for $36 billion. Now he missed out. Warren Buffett has notoriously missed out on a lot of the tech companies. He missed out on Google and Uber and a lot of the other tech companies. Yep. So he bought 5% of Apple, assuming this guy's just like, oh, I'll just, I'll take a, I'll take a stab at Apple. Well, now I don't, I don't know if you guys had heard, but uh, well, this past week, Apple passed was the first company to pass a three trillion dollar market cap. Three trillion dollars, first company. Bro, right now, Apple is worth more than the whole entire cryptocurrency space. To put it, yeah. to put it for you guys to understand that Apple is worth more than all of crypto right now. Yep. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous so his 36 billion dollar investment three to four years ago is now worth 160 billion dollars now 160 billion dollars puts him way closer to the richest person in the world just off of that one you know five percent stake in apple and not only does he own that much wealth you know in apple just on that alone guess how much he's collecting in dividends every year from apple oh man they they pay I think like a point last time I checked when I invested it's like point like point seven to point eight percent dividend so not very high he's collecting a whopping seven hundred seventy five million <laughs> in dividends every year so lunch money yeah so he gets to go to lunch a few times <laughs> lunch at Mastros I guess <laughs> yeah bro he's making so much money so I guess the point of me sharing this is that. A lot of people think it's late and 2018, most people would say you'd think it was late to invest in tech, like it already exploded. And he just made a significant amount of money, you know, in that time. So I would just, I would just say to everybody, you're not late, just get in on what you want to get in on and, you know, hold it 10, 20 years down the line. You'll be good. Trust me. Yeah. If it's a good investment. Yeah. I mean, piggybacking off of that, just make sure that that you do your you do your own research like to make sure it's a credible project that you think can last long because like paul said like if you're a first-time investor just dollar cost average your way into a position you can't time the bottom and you can't time the top i mean just buy it on a retracement like that's that's just like the only thing i would say buy at a retracement always yeah especially if you're a long-term holder like you're gonna be holding it for a while so it's not like you're going to be in any rush to sell it. Yeah. If you're long-term, just buy all the dips. Just every time it's dipping, just dollar cost average. So let's dip it. hundred percent. So I was talking in a group chat recently and I feel like we, we should have done this a lot earlier, but I'm going to do it now anyways, just so you guys know. Uh, for those new investors that are getting into crypto, you guys need to really be aware of scams I've seen a lot of people get scammed in the space, unfortunately, and it's made them not come back to it. Uh, there's a number of scams that can happen as well. Like, especially on YouTube, YouTube is like the place where scams are literally right in front of your face. They come in the form of ads. Like, for example, you'll see an ad pop up of you of Elon Musk talking or whatever, whatever. And it'll say, if you send this much crypto you'll get this much back uh it's too good to be true it is it's is false it's not true also you'll have scammers impersonating the exchanges that you were on 
and they'll send emails to you. They look very convincing, not going to lie to you. Uh, a couple of days ago, I almost clicked on one. It was asking me for like some additional stuff. And I was like, uh, yeah, no. but it looked very, very, very close to the actual website. And they oftentimes ask you to click on a link or they ask you to give your seed phrase. Now, for those that don't know what a seed phrase is, it's typically, it's a either a 12, 12 word or a 24 word phrase that you use is called is known as your key your private key uh like say for example the device that you have your crypto on or your exchange that you have your like on your phone or whatever your phone breaks and stuff like that you would use this key to get back into your into your account and basically like obviously don't lose your keys store them in a in a safe in a safe safe place write them down put them in a place where you know you won't lose them and no one else can find them but yeah the scams are running wild in the space right now paul's gonna actually talk about uh nft yeah yeah like that nft space big nft like a huge amount of nfts were stolen so this is a big news event and it raised questions on the whole security of the whole crypto atmosphere especially in the nft space uh 2.2 million dollars was stolen worth of board apes from this guy uh in order to steal an nft from someone there's only really two ways and dq was just talking about one someone could steal your your phrase which can be done in the form of like sending a link uh and if you click on the link sometimes they can they can steal it that way or so that's one way that's called malicious you know a, a malicious steal of it the other way would be if whatever platform is selling the NFT accidentally lists uh, uh, NFT for sale. That's not actually for sale and it gets sold. So that would be the second way. Well, the 2.2 million were stolen from this guy and OpenSea kind of shut down the platform and froze it for a while. This led into a big question onto what on the whole decentralization aspect of, of crypto, because the idea that OpenSea was able to shut down the NFT marketplace is not decentralized. <laughs> they basically shut down the whole entire decentralized marketplace. Now, that uh, does that mean that it's not secure, that it's not decentralized, that it's centralized? Well, who said who said crypto is decentralized? That's that's the question. Because I can, I never said crypto is decentralized. Do you want to know why? For the biggest reason possible, you yeah. trade these things on a centralized exchange. Every exchange asks you for your KYC documents and all of these things, and they have to be a government registered legal entity in order for them to, to be in operation. Yeah. Like these centralized authorities have to be involved. So it can't be completely decentralized. No, of course not. And I say that to people all the time. Like it's different when you're doing uh, DeFi because yeah, that, that is decentralized. But, or if you're doing person-to-person trades, yeah, that's decentralized. But if you're going on Coinbase, OpenSea, Magic Eden, uh, Binance, all those stuff like that, no, it's, it's, it's not decentralized at all. Like, actually, that's funny that you said that. And I actually have proof of this. I have a friend. And uh, it sounds like I say, like, I have many friends. I just, I talk to a lot of crypto people. <laughs> he showed this to me because I didn't believe him. And I mean, I'm not going to show it to anybody, but because I mean, that's his private business, but uh, someone accidentally sent him 15 BTC from FTX, right? 
And it was in his account. He took the screenshots, everything, and showed it to me. However, they didn't send him the confirmation email that you typically get whenever you send crypto. Now, a day later, that 15 BTC was moved into another wallet. Now, you can track everything on the blockchain. So you can see that it went into his wallet and then it, it left his wallet, but he didn't action any of these, <laughs> any of these things. So they were basically, they were able to get into his wallet and, you know, take it away. Yeah. And when he emailed uh, FTX person or, and called them, person hung up the phone. So they, I mean, they must have just gave it to the dude, right? That was stolen. He must, must have did it on accident. Jeez. But even me, I've accidentally sent uh, crypto to, I sent it to my address. Like, for example, so when you're sending crypto, um, you have to send it to, the correct address right and sometimes cryptos will require you to send uh, to include a memo in there so like for example if you're sending um xrp xlm they require you to put a memo along with the address yeah. when you're sending it to exchanges so i was sending some xlm and i left one digit off of my memo sent it to the right address and if you think crypto is decentralized, you're under the impression that once you send it, you lose your crypto. And a lot of these exchanges give you warnings that you lose your crypto. I paid, I reached out to support, paid 50 bucks in, in a different crypto and I got my money back. Did you have to give them like the address you accidentally send it to? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing though. If you send it to the address that someone that I, an address that someone has, then yeah, you can't get it back. It's at the discretion of that person. It's almost like it's almost like if you if someone accidentally sends a wire to someone else's bank account, like yeah, I mean it's better that you do give it back because you'll get in trouble. But I mean, if someone wires money into your bank, you can always just you know be a bad boy about it. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not gonna say you should ever do that because you never should. But yeah, don't do that. No, definitely not. But you know you know what I mean. It's that kind of thing. Except yeah. with crypto, it's, it's on steroids because like someone transferred me two million into two million dollars worth of crypto into my account. Like, am I gonna really give that back? Yes, yeah. yes is the answer every time because I'm not that kind of person. But I mean, might be I a think difficult. about it. <laughs> I, might, I might think about it a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> but no, I would never. I would I would obviously send it back. So you know, we'd like to end with some advice for you guys um so for me for today uh i've actually started doing something new i told paul about it i started going for runs you know because i like the like the fresh air and i like to you know clear my mind a little bit but what i started doing is listening to pod other other podcasts like grant cardone uh joey diaz i love joey diaz that's <laughs> my guy um I started listening to them when I, when I go on my run. So I usually run, like I do like five miles every day, but yeah, I, that's, that's been something that's been helping me a lot. And I mean, it's, it's nice to get out and run in nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm going to piggyback off of you. I, after getting COVID, this is the second time I've had COVID. It's made me realize, you know, I need to take care of my body better in the sense I need to get out and run more. I, I, I'll go in spurts of times where I go on runs and for, for a good few months and I'll get in a groove and then I'll go on vacation for a month or for like a week or something. And then I'll come back and I won't get into it again for like a month or two. And it happens to me so much. So just getting sick 
over and over again has made me realize I really need to treat my body better, go for a run, eat more healthy. Uh, sure. Yeah. So like that would be what my advice would be. Just kind of piggybacking off of what he says. Also read books. That's the other thing I've been doing. Like I said, a few podcasts ago, which I've been trying to read more. So what are you reading right now? Good. Uh, I'm reading the intelligent investor, but I'm, I'm pretty much done with that. And I just got this new book. Uh, what is it called? Shoot. I forget what it's called. I haven't started yet. Um, damn. I think, I think it's called why life matters. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of like a philosophical book. I like philosophy. So I like, I like that as well. Um, I just finished reading. I mean, I've read it like a bunch of times, but I just finished reading again, think and grow rich. It's a classic. Ooh, yeah, I've, so, I've seen that book. I want to read that too. Very, very good book. But I just started um, Atomic Habits. I've been seeing a lot of people talk about it. So uh, I'm going to check I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. Another one I want to read is I've been wanting to read Logic's books. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course you do. Yeah, he has two. He just released a new one. So the first one's Supermarket. I'll read that one. But they're, they're fiction books. So they're like... Oh, that's sick. That's sick. Something to like close to Rick and Morty, huh? Yeah, pro- I don't know. Something like that. Probably. 100%. He's making him a movie. So he's like, uh, he, he's made a soundtrack. He's released a whole soundtrack for his book. Movie. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, thanks for listening, guys. This was episode six. This was episode six of the Future yeah. Money Show. So make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for all yes. the love on the YouTube shorts. Please subscribe. Yes. And follow us on everything else. Yep.